0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, where we hear from you, the true experiences you've had with the paranormal, and we try to understand them. This week, I can't wait to hear the paranormal stories that you've sent in to us. If you've had a paranormal encounter with a ghost, extraterrestrial, or something unexplained, send us a voice note into paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com and you could be featured on the next episode. This week, we look at paranormal hotspots and try to answer the question, what constitutes as a true haunted house? Well, I'm going to start this particular episode with a poem. Watson, please be quiet. Sorry, that's my bulldog. With a poem. And this poem is from an American poet called Henry Longfellow. All houses wherein men have lived and died are haunted houses. Through the open doors, the harmless phantoms on their errands glide, with feet that make no sound upon the floors. We meet them at the doorway... On the stair, along the passages, they come and go. Impalpable impressions on the air, a sense of something moving to and fro. There are more guests at table than the host, invited. The illuminated hall is thronged with quiet, inoffensive ghosts, as silent as the pictures on the wall. The stranger at my fireside cannot see the forms I see, nor hear the sounds I hear. He but perceives what is while unto me all that has been is visible and clear. We have no title deeds to house or lands, owners and occupants of earlier dates, from graves forgotten stretch their dusty hands, and hold in Mortmain still their old estates. The spirit world around this world of sense floats like an atmosphere, and everywhere wafts through these earthly mists and vapours dense, a vital breath of more ethereal air. Our little lives are kept In equal pose, by opposite attractions and desires, the struggle of this instinct that enjoys and the more noble instinct that aspires. These perturbations, this perpetual jar of earthly wants and aspirations high, come from the influence of an unseen star, an undiscovered planet in our sky. And as the moon from some dark gate of cloud throws o'er the sea a floating bridge of light, Across whose trembling planks our fancies crowd into the realm of mystery and night. So from the world of spirits there descends a bridge of light connecting it with this, over whose unsteady floor that sways and bends wander our thoughts above the dark abyss. So all houses wherein men have lived and died are haunted houses. Longfellow got it right, and I really believe that. So does it have to tick various boxes, this haunted house? To me, it's the intensity of the haunting, the feeling, and of course, the amount of activity. As you can imagine, I've experienced so many haunted locations. Some stand out more than others. In 20 years of investigating the paranormal, I've seen, heard and felt more than my fair share of haunted places, from being dropped down a 150-foot haunted well in Transylvania to being pelted with various objects and sharp kitchen implements in prisons, homes and castles. I think it's safe to say I've witnessed a few things that have given me many, many sleepless nights. But on today's show, I wanted to share with you some of my memories of the freaky encounters I've had over the years. When I meet fans of my TV show, Most Haunted, the most popular question I'm always asked is, where's the most haunted place you've ever investigated? Well, my answer is always, nah, I'll tell you later. But now I'm going to tell you one of my own personal memories of a haunted location that terrified the living daylights out of me. It was Halloween 2004, and Carl Beatty, for those of you who don't know, is my lovely husband. He's also the co-creator with myself for Most Haunted. Well, the pair of us, in our wisdom, decided to investigate the story of the Witches of Pendle in Lancaster, England. Now, there are various sites around the area where, during the 17th century, um, witches lived and frequented. Uh, Twelve witches were accused and charged of murdering ten people using witchcraft. The ten women were taken up to the moors above the town and hanged. We found in our research three farmhouses that had supposedly a connection to the witches. There was Lower Wellhead Farm, Bull Hole Farm and Tyndale Farm. On the evening of the television broadcast I remember having a knot in the pit of my stomach as we were driven to the locations. Various things happened to us in the first two locations but when we arrived at the third I remember looking out of the car window and looking at this building and I knew we were in trouble. Upon entering Tyndale Farm with my team um, this was the last location of the evening's broadcast. I remember when I entered the front door, the coldness, a chill, it was so icy it almost hurt as it whipped through my body. Looking around me in the hallway of this crumbling old cottage, I saw what was the old electricity meter on the wall. Now, we all know that the house wasn't connected to the national grid, but we were all amazed as we watched the little metal wheel begin to spin around. And it, it started spinning faster and faster and faster which only happens when electricity is being used. There were a few of us inside that old cottage, transmitting pictures and sound across the country. I think there were eight of us in this tiny, dilapidated old house and we were all incredibly nervous. It was an atmosphere that I can't really describe, but I knew that everybody else was feeling it. I suppose it was if we were being watched by several people and they weren't giving us a feeling that they wanted us to stay. I remember this it was it was horrendous suddenly we all heard a woman's laughter and it wasn't a nice laughter it was it was evil and it was frightening even thinking about it now just sends a shiver down my spine well that really started the fear to roll amongst all of us we were all completely on edge i wanted to find out if we were being watched for sure and by whom so i suggested that we do a ouija board At this point in my paranormal journey, I and the rest of the team, we hadn't experienced any knocking phenomena at all. So our only way of communicating was with the Ouija board. So I chose a few of us to to sit around the table. We were in total darkness and we were in one of the front rooms. So if you can imagine, it's like a double fronted cottage. And um, as you walked in, it was the room on the left hand side, which, and it had an old fireplace, it would have been the, the front room. We all sat around the table and I began to call out, hoping for the glass to move. And before the glass moved, I remember, lo and behold, um, we all began to hear footsteps, heavy footsteps above us. And then we heard women's voices, like whispering, whispering voices. And and it was horror. And then the odd laugh. And it was just awful and shuffling noises as if somebody was moving around in the room. Uh, I can't remember what the board spelled out. Um, but I'm guessing it wasn't an invitation for us to stay. And suddenly we were made very much aware of another noise. And I'll never forget it. It was a squeaking, scratching noise. Um, nobody could place it. We didn't know where it was coming from. But everybody put their torch on. We were looking around the room. Um, we all sat back down around the table. I put my torch underneath the table because I thought, I'm sure the noise is coming from here. And to my amazement, I watched in horror. It was like something out of a horror movie. The screws that were holding the legs of the table were actually coming out. They were being unscrewed by something that I couldn't see in an anti-clockwise direction. Well, for those who have seen the show, I screamed the house down. (laughs) And then in a very violent, quick manner, the glass just flew off the table and smashed onto the floor. (sniffs) I thought that was so scary, but when I and the rest of the country witnessed the majority of the camera and sound crew collapse, that completely traumatised me for many years after. I'll never forget the look of fear as the cameraman's eyes began to bulge with total fear. "'I can't breathe! I can't breathe! Something's pushing on my throat!' he yelled. The cameraman began to lose consciousness, and our security team ran in and took him out. Seconds later, another member of the team cried out that something was choking them, and they too collapsed. On and on this went until our floor manager, Sally, had to pick up the camera to continue getting the pictures. Uh, I and the um, resident skeptic at the time watched in horror as the sound man was taken out of the house, followed by the makeup girl and closely followed by a cable basher. Uh, Stuart and Carl were also affected. They were taken out. And I rushed out and stood in this hallway, looking out of the front door, onto the sort of mud and grassland out of the front. And the whole team were laid out on the floor. And a paramedic had been called. He was giving oxygen to various members of the team. Um, I remember one of the team members had actually stopped breathing altogether and gone completely unconscious. Uh, I began to sob, uh, watching on in terror. We were still on air. I was shaking, but I just knew that we had to continue broadcasting. So I was told they're fine, they're fine, they'll all be fine. Three of us went back in. That was Sally and the sceptic and myself. We went back into the little cottage, sat down back at the... Ouija board table where more warnings were spelt out uh, until finally we finished the show. We had to come off air, we'd run out of time. And I remember finishing the show with tears streaming down my face. Um, we were just in complete shock. So, what had caused all this terrible drama? Was it the history of the location and the spirits of the Pendle witches that still resided there? Or was it just mass hysteria? I knew what I had witnessed. And I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that since. Can the spirits of the dead that allegedly haunt a place affect the atmosphere? Can they really affect us mentally as well as physically? I truly believe that yes is the answer to all those questions. Were the spirits of the Pendle Witches making their presence known to us by showing us their anger? Were they making my team experience their last breaths? before they were hanged, some sort of empathic transfiguration born out of trauma. Well, I believe all this to be true. Whenever I think of the live investigation of Pendle Hill, all I see is fear and absolute bedlam. The live episode made such an impact across the nation. The following morning, it made the news on TV and radio. No one had ever seen such a spectacle. And I've since heard that the house has been remodelled and is somebody's private home. I often wonder if they experience any paranormal phenomena. All I can say is rather them than me. Tyndale Farm in Pendle is definitely up there as one of our nation's most haunted locations. This week's story is from Jamie in Lincolnshire, who had several experiences when he lived in the village of Faldingworth.
2: I didn't know which story to tell, so I thought I'd tell them all. I used to live in this little village called Foldenworth. When I was younger, I grew up in the in this village. And our house was next to a big, like, old farmhouse. And walking home one night from my friends, I walked down the road, as I always did, and there was a, a woman stood there with her hands on the wall, just looking straight ahead, not at me, obviously, Being quite young, it it gave me a fright, so I ran. Um, My house obviously wasn't far away, so I ran around a tree, and I remember looking back at where she was stood from my drive, and she had gone. Um, So that was my first experience. My second one, we moved to a little village just on the outside of Foldenworth called Freesforp, and it was even smaller. It was a very small village. But I used to have a friend that lived in this converted old people's home. It was a massive, massive house. I remember walking home back to my house from there as I used to have to go past this church and uh, one night it was quite late, 11, 12, and uh, walking past it, both of the gates, they both slammed shut at the same time. I remember how it made me feel, it was a horrible experience so I I ran back to my house from, from there, which was quite a little run but I got there. And the third experience I had, which was the free swap again, my friends had moved out from the old people's home at this point and I was just walking around with another friend and we were walking down another road and there was a light on upstairs in the old people's home. We both heard a scream and then the light went out. We both obviously looked at each other, realised that we both heard this, both ran back to my house. Yeah, three ghostly experiences all around Farnworth, and all resulted in me running scared. <laughs>
1: it sounds to me that where Jamie lived could very well be haunted. Lincolnshire is known for its haunted hotspots. The village where he encountered the woman standing against the wall intrigues me. Who was she and why did Jamie see her standing with her hands against the wall? If she was a ghost what was her story or was her image just a memory played out for Jamie to see something we touched on last week? The metal gates closing could well have been the wind, but if there was no wind or breeze, it's certainly something that would have made me jump, that's for sure. When all the logical theories have been tested with doors or gates slamming and the answers don't add up, then there's only one answer left. The slamming of doors, or in Jamie's case, could very well have been caused by a ghost. Was it saying, stay out? Places where people have died, like hospitals and old people's homes, seem to be alive with paranormal activity. Now, I put it down to emotion and mass. When so many people have come and gone in a building, the walls and atmosphere seem to soak up that energy. The same goes for theatres and prisons. Again, was Jamie seeing a memory being played out, a residual or stone tape theory haunting? My guess is that he did witness just that. His experience of hearing the scream did really sound quite sinister to me. or maybe somebody was in the building, um, perhaps playing a prank. Was the building empty? Was there a murder in that building many hundreds of years ago? I'd love to know more. Please let me know, Jamie. Welcome to Mums the Word, a brand new parenting podcast with me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to be sugarcoating anything. It's all about truths, taboos and of course celebrating the amazing highs too. Each week I'll be talking about the journey of being a mum. For me it's my first time so I'll have some celebs and experts and you guys to help join me and hopefully figure out what on earth I'm meant to be doing. It's a podcast for all the parents out there, our very own little club. Hit follow now so you don't miss an episode. Mum's the Word, the parenting podcast with me, Ashley James, coming soon. It's the best parenting podcast out there. This week, we're looking at what constitutes as a true haunted house. Well, to try to answer the question, um, I sort of look back through some of my own experiences and I keep a log of a lot of places that I go to. And I'm just looking now. And I have to say, number one for the quintessential haunted house in my book of all time has to be Michelin Priory in East Sussex. It's probably the most haunted house I've ever investigated Um I mean, it was the first one that I spent a night in. And so, of course, the memories are are very, very strong with me. But it's more than that. Michelin Priory um, is in East Sussex in England. Um, It's a stunning, beautiful building that began life as an Augustine Priory back in 1229. Now, I was very apprehensive, as you can imagine, as this was the first time I'd ever visited a real haunted house but from the moment I walked in, the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end. I knew I was about to have a very interesting and nerve-wrecking evening, and I wasn't wrong. This place was incredibly old and so incredibly alive. You could just feel all this energy. It was absolutely amazing. So I've written a list. I always write a list down for each haunted location I go to of all the phenomena that was captured. And this is the list of the phenomena at Michelin Priory. Dating back many hundreds of years, one of the earlier residents was a Sir Thomas Sackville. Now he's supposed to haunt the whole of the building and he's uh, known to be seen chasing a little girl about. doesn't sound very nice, does it? Her ghost uh, is supposed to hide. Um, she's absolutely terrified. Uh, the ghost of a little boy is seen in the kitchen. Uh, a truly awful spectre of a monk is seen everywhere and I think that's one of the... There's apparitions that a lot of people would be truly frightened to see. Is this sort of hooded monk sort of standing motionless uh, in a room, especially if you're on your own. A maid is seen on the stairs. Poltergeist activity is very prevalent here. Um, and at first, on my first visit, uh, it wasn't violent at all. It was just really creepy. So we would be in one room and we'd walk out, nobody left in the room. We'd walk back in and. Um, a particular chair would be right in the centre of the room or in the way of the door. We'd go out again, come back in. The chairs moved again to a different place. This went on all night. It was really quite amazing there's a part of the building called the undercroft another production company was filming there uh, years before we turned up and they had lots of hats for dressing up and so on um and they were thrown everywhere the production company came in in the morning and the whole of the undercroft was in an absolute mess the second time we visited uh, michelin priory carl and stewart sustained scratches um The piano likes to play on its own, which was absolutely fascinating to hear. Um, But we never actually caught it. We set cameras up and everything. We only got the sound of it, which was really frustrating. Something that's quite interesting as well that that happened to us at Michelin Priory was um, the case of the doppelganger. Um, And I remember our uh, director, Bev, was stood in front of us. She was talking to us, walked out of one door. And one second later, we watched her walk down a set of stairs in a completely different area to where she would just walked out of. And when we asked her, what were you doing upstairs? We've just seen you walk outside. She said, well, I, didn't, I, I wasn't upstairs and I haven't walked down any stairs. That was peculiar. Again, could that be a stone tape theory? Who knows? Or, like I say, could it be a doppelganger where a ghost takes on the image of somebody else? Um, There is a lady seen walking by the moat and apparently she's looking for her baby that drowned uh, in the water. She's wailing. Um, A terrible sound is heard. Huge, heavy objects have also moved on their own. Uh, One of the old curators who used to live in the flat above the main building, he came upstairs hearing this awful noise, only to discover a massive sideboard, a a big cupboard, had moved all on its own into the centre of the room, but in a curious figure of eight. And the reason why he knew it was a figure of eight was because it left a huge uh, figure on the floor, scratched into the wooden floorboards. I saw floating balls of light in different colors in this particular place, in different rooms. It, the list just goes on and on and on. I absolutely love this place. If you were to go and investigate Mitchell Priory, you would not be disappointed. I went back again, as I said, some years later, and the activity, as I said, um, was uh, more prevalent. It was more accelerated, um, but it was a little bit more violent hence Carlin stewart uh, gaining those scratches and to be honest i cannot wait to go back again thank you for listening to paranormal activity with me yvette fielding we'll be back at the same time same place next week where we should be talking about children and are they more susceptible to things that go bump in the night stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and if you enjoyed this episode please rate and review we want to hear from you send in an audio clip telling your paranormal story to paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. And we also have an Instagram page. Oh, technology. Follow us at paranormalactivitypod. And remember, things aren't always as they seem.